On the 5th of September, 2021, I was invited to join the Hempnor Benefice at St. Mary's Woodton to share with them my story, to encourage them about what draws a young person like myself to become a priest. What is it that I'm all about? And do I have hope for the future of the church? Generally speaking, I don't tend to share my story when I'm preaching, because in my view, preaching is about God. It's about the gospel, about what Jesus has done. But in each of our lives, we have moments where we encounter God, and we can witness to him and give him the glory. And so what you're about to hear is me sharing my story at St. Mary's Woodton. I apologise for the sound quality. It was recorded on a mobile phone about 10 metres somewhere over my right shoulder. I have done what I can, and I hope that you will still be able to hear clearly and be encouraged in some small way by my story. You are listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Path with your preacher, Samuel S. Thorpe. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It is so lovely to be invited here to join you. But I was a bit scared to share a story of myself with people who have no prior handle on who I am. But it's interesting when it comes to sharing our stories. Just as we've had in the Gospels, we've had two stories. A woman who had a daughter that was possessed by a and a man who was deaf and touched. And we can think about it being the stories of these two people. But be true, it's not the stories of these two people. It's the stories of the moments where Jesus encountered these two people in their lives. For example, we know nothing else of this woman and her daughter beyond this conversation with Jesus. We have no idea what her family situation was like in the rest of her life. We don't know what job or who her daughter would grow up to marry or become. The same with the man who was here. Who was given the ability to hear and to see. All we know is that he prays to God for what God had done. We don't know where he ended up or what his life was like before. And so when it comes to sharing our own stories of what God has done in our lives, it's always important to remember that although we're sharing our story, what we're really sharing is the story of the God who connects with each of us. So although today is, as Liz praised, Samuel's story, in a sense it's just a small part of God's story, which I have the privilege of encountering and experiencing. So, a brief background for you. My dad's name is Steve, and he is also a vicar in the Church of England. He grew up, well, I grew up in Devon with him having a team of rural churches down there. And my parents were all the children of farmers. And they were all going to grow up to be farmers like their parents. So the question would be, well, Sam, 
for our favorite Galatia. Poor Charles the Lord is very fun and resounding. Indeed, I stood up in front of my whole school one year at the end of the year, and everyone had to say what we wanted to be when we grew up. And they all said, you know, I'll be a farmer, or I'll to run the garage like my dad did. And to my parents' absolute mortification, <laughs> I said I wanted to be a binman. <laughs> because I was about seven or eight, and I was recently allowed to start having showers rather than baths. I thought that a shower was the best thing possible. Therefore, a binman would have to have a shower every day, and that would be fantastic. <laughs> My, my parents pointed out a little while later that I didn't have to be a good man to have a shower every day. <laughs> but the point was, I wanted to do something that was as different from my dad as possible. I was going to be my own person. I grew up, but I, as Liz has pointed out, discovered a love of ideas and arguments. And that led me to studying philosophy at uh, Abel's. When we started, I was the only Christian in my class, and everyone else was an atheist. When we ended, there was one or two Christians. But most people were now agnostic, there might be a possibility. No longer were there were many arguments about what we think and believe about the world and God and morality. During that time, I had a very difficult break, break up of my first relationship, which had lasted about two years. And I, at that time, was convinced that this person was God's will for my life. And so I thought that I had run against God's will, and that he didn't really care for me or love me anymore because I'd messed up the gift that he had given me. Even in that place of feeling completely despondent and rejected by God, I found myself still arguing for Christian faith in my philosophy classes. So I couldn't help myself but say, well, no, that's not true. This is how we understand it. So that led me to decide to study theology, to go deeper into what is it I actually think and believe about God. Coincidentally, I ended up going to study theology at the London School of Theology, where my dad had studied some 20 years before. My name is Sam. Means one who hears God, one who has of God, one who is called by God. I've often said that my journey represents a sense of inevitability, so I didn't really stand a chance. But I found myself at London School of Theology, and everyone else there was a professing Christian that was seemed to be doing really well in their faith. I was still in my despondent, dark phase. I felt like a complete fraud. So I started praying every night before I would go, that this is what a good Christian does. And I thought I'd see if God does it. Nothing seemed to happen, nothing seemed to change, so I carried on for several months. Until one day I said, okay, God, this isn't really working. You're not doing anything that you feel any different. I would keep praying when I go to church and sometimes, but this every night business isn't going to continue. So I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I went to chapel. And it was an interdenominational college where we had people who were a couple of Roman Catholics, quite a few Anglicans and Baptists, and all the way to Pentecostal. One of these Pentecostal women came up to me after chapel, brought me aside before I could go for lunch, 
She said, very earnestly, Simon, I have to speak to you. I had a dream about you. I said, okay. A bit daunting, my sort of 50 year old white woman is very enthusiastic about you. She's had a dream about you. And she said, no, I dreamt that you were next to your bed in the USA and you don't want to keep on praying. I heard God saying, tell Simon that I hear his prayers. Keep on praying. And I was completely shocked. This was a private moment I had had. I hadn't told all my friends. It was something that had happened the night before. And I was laying awake. And what made me already even more was that in the aftermath of the relationship which got me into what I call my dark phase, where I was despondent. I wasn't just feeling down and depressed, but I was punishing myself. Literally. I found myself in the habit of self harm where I would take a knife and I would leave a mark on my shoulders once a night, each night, for 50 nights. That was my self-appointed punishment. And I was still wrestling with how do I be a Christian place studying theology while feeling like this? And God says, I hear your prayers. But I was helpful. But that wasn't the end. A few months later, I was speaking over many other bits of the story which would lead us to be here all day long. I was invited to go to a prayer event in London to learn how to pray with other people. While we were there, we had some very good instructions and uh, seminars and talks, and it was all very encouraging. And at that point, I was in a reasonably good place. I've been doing quite well at resisting my temptations to hurt myself. But I always felt as though I might fall off, as if I might suddenly end up in that spiral once again. It came to the end of the day, and they were having an act of worship, and they said, Well, if you haven't been praying for yourself yet, please come forward. It's really hard to pray for. So I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll go forward. We pray for nothing else. And there was a very loud, charismatic, family-led church with big speakers. And I ended up serving this far away from the speakers to wherever that was. This guy started praying for And I think about you, whenever I see it on TV or on the internet where people fall over, I'm always like, ah, that's, that's not for me, that's not my kind of spirituality, thank you very much. But I felt flat on my face. Halfway down, I remember I was praying, and the other half of me was like, what is going on? This is very strange. And I lay there on the floor next to the speakers. But I couldn't hear the music. It went completely dark, completely quiet. So all the images flashed before my eyes, which I've never remembered since. And then I heard a voice say, If you need to cut, I will be your man. And my mind exploded with scriptures. Verses from Isaiah saying he was beaten, he was mocked by his wounds, I should be here. God put him in our place for us. And verses from the Gospels where you have Jesus being beaten, get spat upon, mocked with a robe upon him. Have people shouting at him, save yourself while he's on the cross. And then suddenly words from Paul, the old man said that I on the new. Various other verses came through, all of them, blinking an eye. And I had seen that make all things new. 
awkward small talk of liberals and cups of tea afterwards that people who haven't seen me since I was two and all of those kinds of conversations. Six or seven pleasure. Pour me aside supper. So thank you for the practice. The granddad will be very proud of you. Do you have a call joining the church? But I will pass the last hour. By then, the seventh one, I was like, hey, it's clearly a message from me through. And so I began the long process of discernment, but still trying every point to find an exit on the way. I was like, well, you know, it must be a mistake, this isn't what God wants for me. But it was. I often say that you have to be kicking and screaming to go off to college and burn to train to be a priest. And that's how I ended up. In this, where I spent the last three years with uh, Liz's wonderful husband, Ted, who has been a wonderful training company and has given me confidence in all that I have to do. Can't embrace you see before. But I want to go back to a couple of moments of what I said. I said that God hears my friends. I said that God healed me of the emotional hurt that I have that was causing me to inflict physical hurts upon myself. But this story isn't about Simon. This story is about the God who became human, who became Jesus Christ, that lived and walked amongst us. He met people like this woman whose child was possessed. He met this blind and dumb. When he met them, he met them where they were. And he transformed their lives. And I believe it's by sharing the stories of how God has transformed our lives that we bring transformation into other people's So when I had that experience of God saying, He hears my prayers, I hear Him saying to all of us that He hears the prayers of all those who have become His children by the power of Jesus Christ. So my question really is not about my story, but about your story. Where have you glimpsed God in your lives? Doesn't have to be perhaps as dramatic as falling over in front of a sound system at a church in London. I'm sure that there have been moments where you've had a minister sense of peace. Perhaps you've had a dream. Perhaps you were reading the Bible and a particular verse or passage really resonated with a portion of your life and gave you an insight into who you are and how God feels. I believe that when we share our stories, we become more of a church, a community here together. And it's a real privilege to be here to share my story with you this morning. Sadly, after this morning, I shall be gone. And I'm able to keep on sharing my stories with you. And sad reality is that it's not that long. Until this, we'll also be wrong and lead you to share your own story amongst yourselves. So what I would like to encourage you to do is to reflect on your stories and to share them with one another. Encourage one another. Be the kingdom that keeps the fire of faith going here in this place. Because God is faithful. And I believe in the power of the resurrection Death, sin, temptation, stories of the church, and the decline are all somewhat irrelevant 
The reason why I'm here in the church of is not because I think it's the place where there's going to be lots of money, there's going to be lots of positive stories, because you look in the papers and that's not necessarily the truth. I'm here because this is where God wants. More importantly, in Europe, because God has called you to worship together, to be the brothers and sisters of Christ here in this place. And then we're going to take our stories, we're going to offer them up to God in prayer, and then we're going to receive the Eucharist. Whatever your particular beliefs are about the Eucharist, I don't agree with them. Or I would say that I believe in my whole heart. So when we are open to the presence of God, in the Eucharist, He does meet with us. He gives us peace. He transforms us and nourishes us and grows us. So in a short while, I look forward to inviting you to receive the body of Christ. Remembering that He is the one that holds all of our souls together. That He is the Lord who died for us upon the cross for our sins. That we might be forgiven and peace. And spend all the eternity in the presence of Him, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Sharing our stories together is a very powerful thing. And sometimes that power can bring up unpleasant feelings. And so if you have been affected by the themes that have been shared in this sermon, I encourage you to have a look at the description where you can find a few helpful links. But I would also, most importantly, encourage you to go to your local church and see if you can have a conversation with someone and ask them for some prayer and support. If you wish, you can share your stories with me as well by contacting me through samuelsthorpe.co.uk or from thepilgrimpath.com. Thank you for listening, and God bless.